patents here. <laughs> Before I begin this khutbah, before I begin this khutbah, uh, I know the sun, it's hot, and some of our brothers are on this side, some are in the shade, and it's probably going to be an extended one, uh, but I can divide it in half, give half of it this week and half of it next week so that our brothers in the sun don't, don't um, suffer. So those of you who want it divided in half, raise your hands. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuh Wa na'udhu bihi min shururi anfusina Inna nafsa la ammaratun bisu' Wa min sayyati a'malina من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله عليها نحيا وعليها نموت وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا وعزيزنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله وما ينطق عن الهوى إن هو إلا وحي يوحى ما يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له Amma Ba'd, dear committed brothers and dear committed sisters. The Quran is accessible to all of us. It's a garden of a variety of givings. That variety has different flavors to it. In the Qur'an you will find an ideological discourse, you will find a poetic discourse, you will find a scientific discourse. There are these different meanings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us. And the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, describes some people when he says, Ya Rabbi, inna qawmi takhadu hadha al-Qur'ana mahjura. Wa qala al-Rasoolu, Ya Rabbi, inna qawmi takhadu hadha al-Qur'ana mahjura. And the Apostle said, O oh my sustainer, my people, have taken this Qur'an as an abandoned book. And that seems to pretty much describe the general attitude that is out there. A little comment on this ayah. Notice that the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his forever, said, 
Inna qawmi, my people. He didn't say, Inna ummati, ittakhadat hadha al-Qur'ana mahajura. Didn't say that. One of the very subtle issues that some Muslims are not aware of, the difference, and we do have, and I'll cover this territory in this khutbah, we have ayat in the Qur'an that have specific, relevant, practical meanings. We can't lump everything together like many of us do. We don't do it because there's some type of bad intention in us. We just do it as a matter of failing to think through the wording of the Qur'an. That's all there is to it. All that is required is a little thought. That's all. And so our intention here is to try to tap on your ability to think. So that next time, or whatever time, when you read the Qur'an, you will give it more of that privilege of thinking that Allah has given you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna kulla shay'in khalaqanahu biqadar. Certainly, everything we have created in a due proportion, in a calculated manner. Inna kulla shay'in khalaqanahu biqadar. Okay. That meaning is not very hard to understand in the general sense. But let's come bring this meaning into the real world that we are in. Allah speaks to us in the Qur'an about As-Samawati wal-Ard, As-Shamsa wal-Qamar, Al-Anhar, Al-Bihar, etc. Speaks about the environment, about the universe. So when Allah is saying, إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَاهُ بِقَدَرٍ Everything Allah has created in a measured way. Let's think of the rotation of the earth. If the, if the earth was rotating at twice the speed that it is going at now, or if it was rotating at half the speed as it's going at now, if it's going twice the speed, then our day would be 12 hours. If it's slowing down to half that speed, then our day becomes two days, 48 hours. Has anyone ever thought about our life, our lifespan? Not only here, let's say if we go to the moon, those who have covered this territory, giving it a little thought, that's all that's required. Our month is 30 days. The month on the moon is one day. So if a human being was to go from earth and live on the moon, what would happen? This is the area, I'm just posing this so that when you read these ayat, you begin to think, you fill in the blanks. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the faculty to think. And that's what's required here. It's a book of invitation to your mind. Come on, let's think about these ayat. Our feeling of time. When, when we're having a difficult time, whatever the challenge may be in life, time goes slow. 
when we're having a good time, quote unquote, when we're having time seems to fly by. Has anyone ever factored in these two psychological dynamics when all of us read وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ I'm familiar with the trans- English translation of this surah and I'd like to refine it I want to say correct it I'd like to refine it Allah is saying by, by the fact that we are running out of time by literally by the depletion of while well, asr means by the de, by the fact that there is depletion and that depletion is in reference to time we don't have much time so let's concentrate our minds on this fact when we read this to, surah wal asr we're being squeezed out. the literal word of asr means squeezing so in this context we're being squeezed out of time yet when someone passes away all of a sudden we remember that uh uh-uh, you know there's death well we've been dying from day number one another way of looking at life is when you're born you begin to die and the process may be 20 years or 80 years or more or less but you are dying we are dying these types of meanings when we read the Quran they don't they don't hit a chord in us and the reason for that is simply that we are not activating our minds simple it's not something difficult to understand then we look at the Islamic responsibilities. We have a salah. Now we're not going to look at everything, but as a sample, we have a salah. We have a siyam, a siyam of Ramadan, and we have the Hajj. These are time specific. I can't say, oh look, I'm going to pray any time I want to pray. No. Allah says you pray at this time and that time and the other time. There's five times during the day in which you pray. It's not left up to you. The same thing with Ramadan. And when you pray, we pray jama'ah. All of us are expected to pray together at a specific time. Of course, that doesn't always happen. Some of us, we pray by ourselves and some of us pray not at the specific time. And then there is Ramadan. I can't say, oh, I'm going to, it's one month, right? Allah expects me to fast one month. Okay, I'll choose the month that I want to choose. And I'll fast during that. No, no, it's not left up to you. Allah has appointed, he has selected a certain part of the year in which we are expected to fast. The same thing with Al-Hajj. I can't go to the Hajj any time of the year. The Hajj is Ashhurun Ma'lumat. The ayah in the Quran, Al-Hajju Ashhurun Ma'lumat. Al-Hajj is a matter of known months. Speaking about time, let us take a 
a little step backward into ancient history and we realize the first probably the first who began to take notice of time were the Egyptian during the pharaonic era the pharaoh's times they had an, an obelisk something like a tall monument in which they calculated time by the extension or the the contraction of the shade that's how the first human consciousness of time was and then they went into not the Egyptians but human beings went into a a a clock that goes by the dripping of water then they went from there to the sand clock you have two chambers of sand you tip it and then the sand begins to drip at a certain rate and then you're conscious of time and then we have around the year I don't know 1656 or something over 450 years ago we have the watch the clock that we now have on our hands or in on your wall that's we've had this now for 450 plus years this has any Muslim who is required to have some consciousness of their own independence or their own responsibilities have they ever asked themselves the hands of the clock it's called they they rotate clockwise look at the hands of the clock they go this way from right down then to left then up who said has anyone seen a a clock or a watch in which the hands go the other way around I haven't and if you have seen something like that it's very exceptional and very odd but let us take a look at some of the some of the facts that because you know people now who are in control of science they sort of impose on us their ways this is one of the areas in which they've imposed on us without us even realizing how they did this the the rotation of movement in the universe is counterclockwise not clockwise counterclockwise the other way around now a simple example of this you enter a classroom and you ask a student who's studying geometry or some form of mathematics draw for me an, a 30 degree angle you can try this go to you if you have children if you have individuals in that in that age frame go to them and say draw for me an angle 40 degrees 50 degrees whatever draw for me an angle you will see that he will draw it this way meaning it will come from it will be in the counterclockwise direction just try it 
in the overwhelming majority of time, that's the way they're going to do it. They're not going to go like this. They will go like this. I, you know, <laughs> I'm just demonstrating it's not... Anyways, that's one observation. Another observation. When we go around the Kaaba, when we do our tawaf, do we do our tawaf clockwise or counterclockwise? We do it counterclockwise. One of the explanations of this, this is an early, um, what you may say, non-developed explanation is the Muslims, when they began their tawaf, when they were permitted to go around the Kaaba, to show the mushriks who were still in Mecca their strength, they because the right arm, the right hand, the right arm, and the right shoulder are the the combat part of the body. Generally speaking, we're not saying everyone, there are left-handed people in this world, but generally speaking, that's the case. So to show, to expose the strength or the character of a, a growing power, you see, power in the Hajj, in Tawaf, the rotation around the Kaaba was counterclockwise. If you move this way, then they see your let's say, develop muscles on your fighting part of the body. That's uh, an, an explanation that... But now, when we, when we grew, when we matured humanity, when it matured with science, we find even the electrons, when they move, their motion is counterclockwise. Take some Sufi orders. Some Sufis, in in their devotion to Allah, they have movements. In Turkey, they're well known as the whirling dervishes. You know, they they whirl, they spin around. How do they spin around? Do they spin? Do they spin in a clockwise manner or in a counterclockwise manner? They, you will find out that they do it in a counterclockwise manner. Now ask them, same people who've been doing this for years, if not decades, ask them to do it in a clockwise manner. They can, counterclockwise, they can do it for hours. They will spin for hours. But if they do it in a clockwise manner, maybe they can do it for five or ten minutes. There's something going on here. What is it? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even the farmers, if you you work on the farm and, you know, the barley and the wheat season is over now, you get your barley and you want to separate the grain from the shaft. You have in ancient times, now it's of course mechanized, but before that, you had donkeys and mules and horses. They would rotate to separate the shaft, the stems of the wheat and barley from 
the grains, how do they move? Do they move in a clockwise manner or in a counterclockwise manner? You will see them in a counterclockwise manner. Try to reverse that. You can you can tell. I mean, you can uh, try to teach these animals to do it in a clockwise manner. They won't be responsive as they were. They won't. They can't last. They will rotate in a counterclockwise manner all day. But do it otherwise. Maybe they'll do it for an hour, and then they will. They'll stop. They won't. They won't go any longer. They need either to rest or to return to doing it counterclockwise. All of this is a sense of trying. I mean, the simple tawaf around the Kaaba, just by realizing the way we are doing our tawaf around the Kaaba, forces us to think of this motion in the manner that it is and then it forces us to think well, who said that the hands of the clock should be moving the way that they move who said where did that come from but because we are not the ones who are setting the technological pace we just follow and not conscious of what we are following which takes us also to another area of you know you have Greenwich mean time the whole clock, the whole uh, day and night, 24 hours, are centered around Greenwich Mean Time. Who said that it should be centered around Greenwich Mean Time? Where did that come from? Why wouldn't we have a Meccan Mean Time? And there's been a study that said if you look at the geographical position of Mecca, you will find it is in the center of the territorial world. Not the marine world. I'm not we're not talking about the oceans. We're talking about the continents. If we look at the mass of the continents in this world, according to those who were doing this, they found Mecca to be central to the land mass of the world. لِتُنْذِرَ One of the ayat in the Quran لِتُنْذِرَ أُمَّ الْقُرَى وَمَنْ حَوْلَهَا So that you may warn the mother of civilizations that's in reference to Mecca. Fortunately right now it has Mecca has been reduced to the consumer of cultures and corporations it's no longer as it was meant to be um al-qura it doesn't mean that it will not become um al-qura waman hawlaha and those around it so there's an inference here to the centrality of mecca allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna iddat ash-shuhur 'inda allah 12 shahra fi kitab allah يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ ذَلِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمِ The ayah here means the number of months as concerns Allah are 12 months. Out of those 12 months there are four sanctified months. 
that's the long and short of, of the meaning here. Now, we have an Islamic calendar, which is almost like a secondary. In the, fi- in the best of cases, it's like a secondary calendar. Some people, it's not a calendar at all, even though they are Muslims. So why, why have we abandoned our own time reference, our own time keeping, our own time schedule, and then adopted a Gregorian calendar? Anyone ever think about You know, most of, like right now, some people are asking, when is the first day of Muharram? Is it tomorrow? Is the moon sightable tonight? The crescent? Can anyone see it? Or is it the day after tomorrow and thus the Hilal will be sighted Saturday evening? And this, and then, you know, some people, this is what's going to happen this evening. People in the, in the western part of the United States and some parts of Central America are going to see the Hilal. The people in the Middle East or the Muslim East, Africa, Asia, etc., they won't see the Hilal. Why are some people seeing the Hilal in the Western Hemisphere and not seeing it in the Eastern Hemisphere on the time and day schedule of the Gregorian calendar? If we would move the day-night line on the globe to another location, that would mean that the day starts in the Islamic timekeeping at a different place than the Western or the Gregorian timekeeping. Well, we haven't done that. We haven't even thought about that. And then when you, even when you, took it, when you take a look at the Gregorian calendar, let's say when they say September or October, in Greek, sept is seven. It's the, it's the seventh month. Oct, you know, octagon, oct, means eight. Eighth month. Well, you look at the calendar, September. Is September the seventh month? Is October the eighth month? No, that's not the case. So in, in, the, in the contradiction, of, this may, you know, it may have, it could, may, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there this may have gone back and be traced to the clash between the Byzantines the Romans on one side and the Persians on the other side the Persian year begins in the month of March so if you take March April May June July August September the seventh month if they were true to their words their year would begin in March but there, as always, politics and power have the final word. So they had a conflict with people in this world whose year began in March. So they said, no, we're going to begin our year in January. We don't get along with those people. And here we are, you know, the Muslims in the middle of all of this. Oh, wait a minute, don't get me involved in, you know. Okay, think about your own calendar. We have a calendar in which there's four sanctified months. No one is permitted to go to war or to shed blood any time in these months. No other civilization, 
No other religion, no other culture that I know of has this concept. We have it. But what do we do? Is anyone conscious of Al-Ashhur Al-Hurum, the sanctified months? They just pass along as if, you know, wars. There are people in Muslim countries who initiate wars and kill populations and shed the blood of the innocent in these Ashhur Al-Hurum. And no one says a word from the Manabar from anywhere else. You can see it with your own eyes. Another ayah in the Quran says, Who is the This ayah says, Surely Allah has designated the sun as a source of light and the moon as a reflection of light so that you may calculate numbers of years and the timing thereof. In the Arabic language, a shams is a female. Al-Qamar is a male. In this ayah, Allah says, manazil. Before that, there was a shams and al-Qamar. He didn't say, وَقَدَّرَهَا manazil. If Allah said, وَقَدَّرَهَا manazil, we go to the solar calendar. He says, وَقَدَّرَهُ manazil. The ha is in reference to the moon. So we go to a lunar calendar. And he didn't say both of them. So we can use solar and lunar. He didn't say, وَقَدَّرَهُ مَا manazil. Another area in which some minds are going to have to mature. We're going to have to grow up out of the rot of the brainwashing by internal cultures and by external civilizations. We have to free ourselves from that. So if, if we are to adopt not as persons i can you know i can pay a lot of attention to a lunar, lunar calendar beginning with al muharram and ending with the hajj i can do that but as far as society is concerned well, how what impact does that have on society it's a confusion all of these lunar months have become a confusion we don't know when ramadan begins we don't know when it ends uh, this, the, there's a simple fact the rotation of the moon around the earth is this is the exact timing 29 days 12 hours 44 minutes and three seconds why should anyone be confused after this if we know this is the rotation of the of the moon this is the duration of it puzzle solved but no one wants to factor this into their societies and into their social and governmental programs. So we continue to follow the imposed time frame on us.
There's another ayah in the Quran that has to do with time. It says, Al-Nasi' that's a Quranic word. The ayah is saying is an addition to kufr. Is an additional kufr. Is an add-on to kufr, to, to the denial. What is Al-Nasi' And the sea is playing around with the calendar. Allah's calendar, Ithna Ashara Shah, we begin to play around with that. We can do it in many ways. We can do it in, in certain ways. One of the ways we can do that is change the months. Instead of Ramadan, as an example, instead of Ramadan being the ninth month of the lunar Hijri calendar, we will make it the third month. That's an Asiyah. Another way of defining an nasi is we make the lunar calendar match the solar calendar. We find this, uh, the Christians do when it comes to Easter and the Jews do when it comes to Passover. They play around with the, we don't have this. It's like a form of schedule nifaq. We don't have that. Our problem is we are not even aware of what we have and we don't have. That's our problem. So in the sea is basically to extend. If we add 10 or 11 days or so to a year, we are extending it. That's called nasib. And one of the subtleties in the Qur'an is an ayah that says this is pertaining to Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam ma dallahum ala mawtihi illa dabbatul ardi ta'kulu min sa'atah illa dabbatul ardi ta'kulu falamma qadayna alayhi al-mawt ma dallahum ala mawtihi illa dabbatul ardi ta'kulu and when Allah is saying pertaining to Sulaiman when the time of death came to him the only reference to his death was a type of creature that was eroding his minsa'a his extended cane minsa'a is an extended cane When we, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Musa, because Musa had a cane, but Allah didn't mention the word minsa'a. He said, Asa. He asaya atawakka'u alayha wa ahushu biha ala ghanami wa liya fiha ma'aribu ukhra. So Musa had a staff, which the inference here, I'm not saying this is absolutely the case, the inference here is. Sulaiman was taller than Musa. Musa had Asa, Sulaiman had a Minsa'a. It just takes a little thought, a little thinking about what is what we are saying, what we are reading in the Quran. Then we come to the word Yawm in the Quran. That's a word that is used in many frequent ayat throughout the Quran. 
The word yawm in the Quran cannot be brought into the the 24 hour day that we have. Al yawm is a time period specific to an event. So it fluctuates. A yawm could be the day that we are talking about, 24 hours. It could be weeks, it could be months, it could be years, it could be decades, it could be eons, billions of years. What defines a yawm is the event. And this will solve for us the issue of hajj. Because there should be tens of millions of Muslims in the Hajj. The excuse we are given is, where are you going to put 50 million Muslims in Mecca during the Hajj? Especially on Arafat, Yawm Arafah. One day, 24 hours. Are you going to put 50 million Muslims on Arafat in 24 hours? No. Because the people who are asking this type of question, they've taken the word Yawm, they placed it in the Western definition, the 24-hour definition, not the Quranic definition, which is the event definition. And they said, no, it's impossible. We're only going to have two to three million people come to Hajj every year, thereby disqualifying hundreds of millions of Muslims from going to the Hajj. Our ignorance disqualified them. And our inability, those who, are, who share Islamic speaking positions to confront this type of encirclement that we are living in from many different directions. And you know, the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning Himself, every yawm He is in an affair. It's not a 24 hour day, it's an affair defined by the event of that affair which as i said could fluctuate from one day to billions of years then we have in the quran when we speak about time we have four words that have not been worked out properly in the common public muslim mind those four words are sana am Hawl and Hijjah. Four Quranic words. And we bundle them up and we give them all, oh, a year. They all mean one year. No. The Quran does it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if they all meant the same thing, he would have used one word. But they mean different things. So what do they mean? The word Sena means year. The word Am also means year. The quantity, the extension of time of both words is the same. But the quality of time of both words is different. When we, when the, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the in the Quran uses the word sana, He means years of difficulties, years of hardship. When He uses the word am, 
It means years of comfort, years of ease. So when we say about Nuh, لَبِثَ فِي قَوْمِهِ أَلْفَ سَنَةٍ إِلَّا خَمْسِينَ عَامًا He stayed within his people 1,000 years minus except, no, 1,000 years except 50 years. So people, they think, because both of these words are the same thing, they think, oh, Nuh lived 950 years. 1,000 minus 50 equals 900, I mean, 1,000 minus 50 equals 950. See, because they didn't understand the words. He stayed in a difficult position in with among his people for 1,000 years, but there were 50 years of ease among his people. Those could have been the first years before he became a prophet and the last years after the flood, the deluge of Tufan. Total 50 years of ease and 1,000 years of struggle and hardship. One of, and then we have the word Hawl. وَالْمُرْضِعَاتُ يُرْضَعْنَ أَوْلَادَهُنَّ حَوْلَيْنِ كَامِلَيْنِ لِمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يُتِمَّ الرَّضَاعَ And birth-giving mothers breastfeed their children for two hawls, two complete hawls for those who are willing to go through the full cycle of breastfeeding. That's what this, the general meaning of this ayah. So what does hawl mean here? And once again, our non-thinking mind sweeps the word and says this is year. No, it doesn't mean year. So what does it mean? It means ten and a half months. There's another ayah in the Quran that says that a woman, a mother, is pregnant and feeds, breastfeeds her newborn for 30 months. Okay, so the pregnancy is nine months. 30 minus nine equals 21. So the 21 are the two howls, 21 months. So each howl is 21 divided by two equals 10 and a half. And remember, a zakah is contingent on the howl. إِذَا حَالَ الْحَوْلِ وَجَبَ الزَّكَاةِ so the zakah is not technically speaking and Quranically understanding. The zakah is not every year, it's every ten and a half months. Review the words, these words that I've covered for you in the Quran and then Hijaj. When Musa approached Madian, an area geographical area in, in the northern north of the Arabian Peninsula he saw two women and then he did 
good for them, he did them a favor, he helped them out, and then their father, Prophet Shaib, according to some sources, wanted Musa to marry one of the daughters. I want to have you, the husband, I'm roughly translating here, of one of my daughters, provided that you owe me eight hijaj. What is eight hijaj? Once again, this non-thinking Muslim mind, generally speaking, you know, there are people who thought this out, but it's not common information. That's my concern and should be your concern too, our concern. Hijaj is season. I want you to offer me your labor for eight seasons. And what that probably meant was agricultural seasons. When he's going to uh, plow the land, seed the land, harvest the land and all of this, he wanted Musa's help and that would be the dowry for one of the girls that of this man that Musa is to marry. So hijaj is a season. It could be six months. It could be six months every two years. It could be a number of months every year or every other year, whatever the case is. So here we are. We have Sana, we have Am, we have Hawl, we have Hijjah. And all of them by the non-thinking Muslims are understood to mean one year. And we haven't worked this out. Another one of these areas that we should pay closer attention to. I think I will make do with this as the time has obviously extended beyond. There's just a little more to say, but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma ja'alna minal ladheena yastami'oona al-qawl fayattabi'oona ahsanah. Aqoolu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum ادعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله الذي هدى صلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولنها وأولي التقى My brothers, my sisters in Islam In the real world there are real problems and in the real world there should be real solutions Every problem has a solution to it. And when we speak about problems, we're not speaking about the aches and pains of a few people. We are speaking about the suffering and the anguish of populations and countries. As you have noticed in all of these khutbas, in these years, we try our best to uncover and expose those 
who have the power and wealth in the Arabian Peninsula who have who have sponsored and financed and protected the ignorance among the Muslims through wars through finances through what they call educational programs scholarships sending different people around the world to keep Muslims divided to keep Muslims disunited to keep Muslims at odds with each other everything in the meaning of togetherness and unity is the target the deadly target of these troublemakers in the Arabian Peninsula in a couple of months on the Gregorian calendar in a couple of months in less than that on the Islamic calendar we will be confronting the first year after the brutal killing of one of their own the Saudis killed one of their own in one of their diplomatic missions in in Turkey the person who we are told who was ultimately responsible for that gruesome bloody sawing to death of one of their journalists right now in this in social media word is out that he has been they got rid of him they did away with him they is probably in reference to the CIA and other American intelligence operations working with the Saudis and I wouldn't dismiss somewhere in the midst of this there's a Mossad element you say get well get rid of you want to get rid of this crime and the bad name it is giving you get rid of the person who was the main operative of this crime his name is Saud al-Qahtani so they say they in the past week or two they poisoned the person and they say he's gone this is what they say they could be making this up we didn't see any funeral we didn't say we didn't see any official statement to that effect or anything like that but they could have give him give they could give him another identity take him out of the public eye he's living somewhere happily ever after and we are when we or they could have killed him either way we really don't know because they are criminals in the costume of Muslims that's who they are and then we have their previous ambassador to Washington who is the brother of the crown prince he's in town at least he was yesterday and the day before I don't know if he's still around he comes and he meets with the chief of the Pentagon what are they discussing they're discussing Yemen and Iran now these people in the Arabian Peninsula they say that they are followers of the Prophet and they glorify the Khulafa so far so good but that's as far as it goes words in their mouth that's all can anyone in their mind 
think that the Prophet or the Khulafa would go to the Pentagon of the Roman and Persians of that time and say, look, you know, there's a threat here and we have to deal with it. Let's put our forces together and try to deal with this thing. Never happened, never in any book you will not find any reference to that. Yet they still want us to think that these people are following the Qur'an and the Sunnah. We say after four to five years of this imposed war on Yemen, we say, Alhamdulillah, that the oppressed are fighting back and this time their missiles have a punch to it, to them. They targeted, in the past week, most of what we tell you is in the past week, they targeted the military base of King Khalid. They targeted uh, the airport in Abha. They targeted military positions in Najran and Jizan. And there were fatalities and there was damage on the Saudi side. And that's why now they don't, they, they're talking, the Saudis are being talked by the Americans into sitting down with Ansarullah of Yemen in Oman to find a solution that will extricate the Saudis from the bloodshed that they imposed on the Muslims for over four running years during the months that are Hurum and the months that are not Hurum. And then we have the the foreign minister of Bahrain. He says there were Israeli attacks on military positions inside of Iraq. And this foreign minister of Bahrain says Israel has the right to do what it did because that was in self-defense. What more are we going to hear from these capitulationists? They they haven't surrendered to Allah, they surrendered to a shaitan. And then the ambassador of Bahrain to the United States, Bahrain's ambassador in the U.S., was in the past week in France with his family. They were vacationing. And you know what they do on their vacations. The amount of money they spend, that doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the average, regular, common Muslim. So they're riding in their car, they're stopped, and they are mugged. The watch, just the, I mean, they were sh- sort of beaten up a little, they were shaken. But the watch that this ambassador, according to these news reports, the watch that he had on his hand was worth $130,000. These thieves, or whoever they were, who who took this watch from him, among other things that they took, probably the purse of his wife and and other belongings. Ask yourself, do these types of individuals, do they fit the Islamic character? Are we speaking about Muslim rulers? In this past week, also, one of the uh, colonies of the United States in Central America. They don't call it a colony. They call it an independent nation state. Honduras, it recognized, probably because of the pressure from Washington, 
and Israel, it recognized Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel. Well, they're looking at the whole, these people around the world, they're looking at how the Muslims are bowing down to the Israelis and well if the Muslims and the Arabs are doing even some Palestinians are doing this why can't we do it this is how it goes we salute one of the Algerian wrestlers who refused to wrestle with an Israeli because that would have been considered a concession and a normalization with the Israelis you see the average person a wrestler he's not an official he's not a diplomat He's not a government spokesperson. No. He's just a person like me and you. But he doesn't want to normalize relations with those who are killing us. And then we have a minister in the government of Algeria, of Morocco describing the Arabic language as a Jahili language. This person is supposed to be an Arab. Well, he may consider himself an Amaziri, uh, a Berber or whatever. I didn't research his background. But for a statement from an official in an Arab-speaking country saying the language of his people is a Jahili language? This is what happens. Brothers and sisters, this is what happens when we don't, when we don't listen and read what Allah is telling us. Now, an Israeli minister in the same week describes the Arabs as savages, human savages, human barbarians, and killers. Look who's speaking. If a Palestinian wants to defend himself and in the process he takes out an Israeli, the Israelis want to defend themselves and they want to drop weapons of mass destruction. And now they are going for targeted assassinations. That's what they're trying to use their drones for right now. And what happened in Beirut last weekend. And they're not human savages or barbarians. They're not killers. No one says this about the Israelis. One positive development that occurred in the past week, the Moroccan government arrested an Israeli because he was forging official Moroccan documents like passports and identity cards and these things. In the midst of all of that, that's a, that's a piece of good news. To end this uh, khutbah, a Palestinian, 17-year-old Palestinian, was given a visa to come to the United States, an exceptional student, a bright student, given a visa to come to the United States to study at Harvard top universities here because his grades were so good he lands in Boston Logan Airport and he, he goes to the immigration or CBP or customs or whoever they were and then they said could you give us your cell phone they got his cell phone then they checked his social media and they found out that some of his friends are critical of Israel and the United States. And because some of his friends, not him, some of his friends are critical of the U.S. and Israel, they revoked his visa and they told him to go back to where he came from. This is the real world. And the Qur'an, our book, is supposed to be dealing with these issues. 
But some people, they are satisfied with customizing the Qur'an to their national or their sectarian or their social occasions. And when that is over, they get a kick that we did what we are supposed to do. Meanwhile, the real world is grinding us. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'a. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابَهُ وَلَا تَجْعَلْهُ مُلْتَبِسًا عَلَيْنَا وَاجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا اللهم إليك نشكو ضعف قوتنا وقلة حيلتنا وهوانا على الناس يا أرحم الراحمين أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أم إلى عدو ملكته أمرنا إن لم يكن بك علينا غضب فلا نبالي ولكن عافيتك هي أوسع لنا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا صخطك لك العتبى حتى ترضى ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بك اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد اللهم صل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم اللهم بارك على محمد وآل محمد اللهم بارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم ذرية بعضها من بعض إنك أنت السميع العليم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعما يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Salat